Self-care game podcast should not be considered as or replaced with therapy. If you're currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please reach out to your local mental health authority or the suicide crisis hotline. Hey guys, welcome back to the new episode of Self-Care Gang, the podcast. It's your girl, Devin, also known as Devin, also known as Soldier Boy Tell Him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right, y'all. Um, it's your girl, Desiree, also known as It's Desi Cakes, a.k.a. Who I want to be? Gwen Stefani. I love Gwen Stefani. Yeah, she's pretty great. She really is. How was your week? It was good. How was your week? Uh, I'm trying to like reflect on it. It was pretty, pretty good. I ended up, oh, actually, I'll take that back. It was really lit because um, I had a research paper that was due. Um, and I, I emailed my professor and I was like, you know, I think you should give us an extra week. Cause he dropped one. He both, he gave us an option to drop one of our assignments. And so most people opted to drop the assignment, which was a case study. He was like, you know, we can either keep the last case study or drop it. And most people voted to drop it. So I was like, okay, if we drop that, like, can we also get a week extended for the research paper? And he agreed to it. And I was so surprised. You better advocate for your class. Girl, I was like shook. Like when he emailed me back, like I literally screamed and like got up and had me a little praise break because that class is hard as hell. That teacher is hard. Like, um, you know, I- a research I, class, right? Yeah, it's a research class. And I think in general, of course, it wouldn't be an easy class, but the professor that I have is really hard on like, are the mechanics of our paper so um like he's that's how that class is in general you better be glad you don't have um class like i did oh girl but she just ridiculous within itself in her requirements for she's ridiculous (laughs) like seriously she is yeah the professor i have is actually my advisor too so um yeah, I just was shook when he was such a hard professor because, like, I mean, I wouldn't know that from him just being my advisor and helping me make my schedule and, and shit, talking mm-hmm. about the program. But he actually is, like, super cool. Like, he just, he's hard on us, but he's he's super cool because he, when we were going over my schedule for the summer and, and the fall, he was telling me which professors to avoid without telling me. Like he was just like, um, maybe we should pick a different class for you to, to take since only this professor is teaching that this, this time. But yeah, other than that, um, week was cool. I joined a gym. We both joined a gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we both uh, joined a gym, two different locations, but it's a black owned gym here in a DFW. So shout out to them. I'm just excited to um it ain't even about for me it's not about necessarily the losing weight portion of it like that's just a perk with it 
But I think it's about, and I talked about this with my therapist too, like just actually having time to myself and doing something for myself. Um, It's just on a regular basis because it's so easy for us to like think, well, a lot of the stuff that, you know, we do as self-care, yeah, it is self-care, but sometimes you need to switch it up. Sometimes you need to try something new, something different and, um, get out the house, you know, let it be self-care that's not just in the house, like not just a bath or not just, you know, reading or something like that. Sometimes you need a new environment that's going to give you kind of like a new little leash on life. So, yeah, I agree. And like creating that routine and all that. So it's definitely important, mm-hmm. you know, do those type of things. So, yeah, but yeah, I re- much really didn't happen in my, my this past week besides that. It's really getting my routine and stuff together and but I am um I did go live with my yoga class that I'm finally having on April 21st um so if you if you're in the Dallas area and you want to attend my yoga class I have very limited spots um it's gonna be a yoga class with aromatherapy sound therapy guided meditation hands-on adjust and assist like literally the works and of course you know a live playlist it's not like trap yoga but I mean I do play like rap songs but I also play R&B songs and it's just really just an experience honestly like you got to come to my class to to fill it out honestly so this is going to be a new monthly thing I may do it like every third Wednesday after every month so if you want to come this month I still have tickets available so come check it out it's gonna be live and yeah um I'll see y'all there so if you want to sign up for it basically go into our the link in our bio on Instagram either self-care game or mine or mine on sent from Devin and just sign up for it so yeah yeah. if y'all haven't if y'all have never taken a yoga class from Devin like Okay, so we know how, like, we all have friends that do different things, right? And until you actually experience what they do, like, in your mind, you might think, okay, this is what they do. Like, okay, she does yoga. Like, that's cool or whatever. Like, I'm sure she's good. But until you actually experience your friends and their element, like, in person, it's actually very, like, crazy because Devin is really good at yoga and I'm not just saying this because I know her and we have a podcast every day but she is like really good I remember like I was sweating my ass off going to her class and it was although it was hard it was still relaxing like y'all know she's like super good at meditation so um yeah y'all definitely sign up I know that I will be there so Y'all um, check it out. And I'm excited that you are getting back into yoga because I really feel like it's a gift for you and that you, you know, we got to hone in on them. Yeah. And I ain't even trying to, you know, I hype myself up too, but it's no other yoga teacher that teaches it the way that I do. So I wish I had a yoga teacher that taught the way that I do. So that's part of the reason why I stopped doing yoga for a while. I can't find no teacher like me. I can be that teacher for y'all, but dang, can somebody get get certified and I can go to y'all class? But yeah, um, yeah, so come check it out. But yeah, let's get into the media segment. Press, 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 press. Don't need more press. I made that bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. Okay, so first up on the media segment, we 
are going to send our thoughts and prayers to the family of DMX who passed this week. Unfortunately, that's really sad. Super sad. We all were kind of, um, well, I'm not even saying kind of, we all were rooting, hoping that he would be able to come out of it. So basically what happened was he ended up having, from what has been reported, he ended up having a heart attack after, so he overdosed on some form of drugs. I don't think the exact drugs have been released, um, but he overdosed and um, that caused him to have a heart attack. And um, he's been in like a coma, a, a vegetative state in the coma for like a little less than a week. So it was like, you know, reports going back and forth with people saying RIP before he officially left. And I think that we all were in a way hoping for him to come through. You know, we've all seen his struggle with um, drugs and, you know, heard his story and how he's talked about his pain through music and things of that sort. Um, so it was just really sad and unfortunate that he actually passed. And um, yeah, I think that somebody just needs to make a documentary about our great artists and um, not even just in the music, but just um, a lot of our people and celebrities, our Black celebrities and icons and their struggle with drugs because it really is real. And I think that a lot of people... It bothers me how people can have sympathy for those who struggle with depression or, you know, suicidal ideation, anxiety, you know, um, schizophrenia, um, bipolar. But when it comes to people that have um, issues with substance abuse, people don't have that same um, sympathy for them. And, and I actually had a conversation with one of my friends last night about this because Yes, it's not, it, it is different because you had a choice to start on drugs, right? Like you, you had a choice that led to your battle with substance abuse. However, what people don't understand is like, if it was so easy to quit, like everybody would just quit. But once you start, there's that chemical reaction in your brain that is like there pretty much forever. Like it's a, always a constant battle. That's why people that go to rehab have to also go to, um, AA meetings or um, NA meetings. They, it's a constant struggle throughout the rest of your life just off of that one time. And I actually was talking to my mom about the DMX situation. And I didn't know this, but like he got hooked on crack when he was like a kid, like 14. Somebody laced his blunt, like a mentor figured yeah. laced his blunt. Um, and ever since then, he's been addicted. And it's like people look at substance use because it's really the correct terminology, substance use disorder. You really don't want to say addiction. You really don't want to say substance abuse is substance use disorder. Um, really what it is, is like you said, once you use it once, that first one is a choice. But if you continue to use it, um, it does that that chemical reaction happens. Um, and it's just that we don't know who, what type of person is going to get addicted. I know people say, oh, they have an addictive personality. That's why they got addicted. That's kind of like a um, myth. It really just depends. Like people look at substance use disorder as like the main issue, like the problem. But what we really need to focus on is the underlying issues, because Substance use is just a symptom. The problem is probably like trauma or like stress or maybe right. um, untreated mental disorder. Is That's the real or, issue. Or poverty or, um, you know, just 
trying to escape the reality of their situation or like in DMX's case, just someone accidentally lacing him, you know, with it and him not knowing that it was laced, you know, before just taking normal weed, you know? Um, and uh, thank you for bringing that up about substance use. I, I could not remember. That's why I was saying abuse. So sorry, y'all. Yeah. But um, yeah, I literally had this same conversation last night because addictive personalities is not a real thing. Like that's like, um, that it's just not real because if you have an addictive personality, you'd be addicted to everything. Like you would have like a favorite candy that you couldn't stop eating all day, every day. You have a, a favorite, you know, food that you, you know, you just have to eat every day. So it's just not real. And I think that um, society would be better off if we treated people better and understood that they are a victim at that point. Well, I don't want to say a victim because I don't want to, um, you know, hold them. I feel like that's such a negative term to have. But at that point, once, once they have that chemical reaction, they are no longer in control of their quote unquote choice, because now it's something that in their brain is okay in a way and something that they're constantly chasing. So just like how we get endorphins from working out and we're happy when we work out and we want to continue to work out, that's how they feel when it comes to this substance that they're, you know, battling with. So it's just really sad and unfortunate. And so many of our great talented people have, um, you know, lost that battle. Um, with substance use and just if you know um, someone that is having and and it's weird too because we have different outlooks with celebrities but then there's people that we know personally or know of and we may not have that same respect for them as we do for a celebrity because that celebrity has reached a certain status Um, and so we give them more grace than know them personally I'm sorry I don't think it's really because of the status I think it's because you know that person personally and you are, you're aware of their bullshit. <laughs> it's kind of hard to deal with somebody that, de- with, um, that struggles with substance use disorder when you're like right. with family or like your friend. Like you kind of yeah. do bullshit, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I get that, but I was just gonna say, like, I think that um, we need to focus on separating the person from uh, the person that they truly are versus the person that they have become with the substance use. Um, and just being able to remember that they're human. Um, so the thing is, it's just kind of, it's, yeah, I agree. We do need to separate the person. I'm not saying like, just say, just say, you know, okay. Like, you know, you can steal from me. Okay. You can, uh, have money and, you know, to support your habit, but I'm just saying like, just remember that they're, they're going through something that they can't, um, they can't always control. But the thing is about substance dealing with like a family member and stuff with substance use disorder is like they a person until a person is ready to get like the treatment that they want like you can't force them to get treatment or anything and it's just like sometimes when they're not ready for treatment or they're not ready to you know make their life change you just gotta love them from a distance mm-hmm. which is very unfortunate yeah it's it's a lot of education that needs to go on around substance use disorder maybe we can talk about that another time yeah so um prayers to his family and his friends and everybody that that maybe been triggered by his death um just prayers because that's very difficult 
So yeah. Um next up. So the next up is I don't know if you heard the song, but Sweetie and Gwen, Gwen Stefani put out a song called Slow Clap. And they had already been alluding to the fact that they had a song coming with each other. And I low-key was pretty hyped about this because I love Gwen Stefani like from back in the day like she really has some anthems out here and I feel like her and Sweetie like they actually like I feel like Gwen Stefani was kind of like made her own lane and her type of like pop music mm-hmm. and I feel like Sweetie kind of falls into that same type of lane when it comes to like our black culture and like rap you know female rappers so I was like okay this is like a perfect match like a perfect combo and y'all this song is trash i don't know if it'll grow on me at some point but girl i wasn't even interested in listening to that (laughs) if i'm being completely honest with you i was not interested in listening to that (laughs) so i'm not surprised though it looked like the visuals and stuff was really dope though Mm mm-hmm yeah, Stefani yeah. always has good visuals, and like, I just was root. I was rooting for them. I really was. But also, Sweetie just made a reel because you know she does a lot of content creation. Like y'all can say what y'all want about Sweetie, but sis be on it with the content. Yeah, in her bio, it has that she's a creative director. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think that may be something she's trying to tap into. And if you, I've watched a couple of her interviews and it's just like she's she's always saying she's more than a rapper. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that's good. She's exploring different lanes because if she does, if she do explore different lanes, I think she'll continue to get in her bag because yeah. um, she's I mean, her music is decent, but it may not. It's not like legendary. Right. Yeah. No. So it's good. Like I'll listen to it in the club and stuff, but I think it's important for her to explore different lines because she definitely is talented, even outside of rapping and music. Yeah, I think um content creation and being a content uh a creative director is definitely her lane because she's super, super creative. Um, but I was gonna say her, she just put up a reel. Um, and in that reel, she it's like a reel about frenemies. And it's like, she's looking for her keys and the girl is like, girl, I ain't seen your keys. And she was like, well, use last one to drive it, et cetera, et cetera. So at the end of it, she's holding the keys behind her back and the key is for a Bentley. And that was funny because people were saying that um, Quavo took that Bentley back from Yeah, her. I don't think he took it. Honestly, I think she still got that Bentley. Yeah, well, well, yeah, it was, um, it came out that, that all those reports were false anyway but I think that was her way of like y'all got me fucked up I still got this damn Bentley like proving that she still got it like in a little petty way period and I stand right I mean what would he do I mean I guess you could get it recustomized to just back regular and sell it but yeah no don't be no Indian giver and is that racist Indian giver I'm gonna have to look that up yeah don't say that Sorry. As soon as I said, I was like, maybe that's a little racist. But it's kind of like um, we may need to do an episode about this, about racist ch- terms. Like back in Texarkana, we used to call a beauty supply store ching chang stores. Yeah, don't say that. I don't say it anymore. 
But I'm like growing up, that's what we called it back in our hometown. That's what we called it. It was it's so racist. I didn't realize it until until I got older. I was just like, that is very racist. I cannot say that anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, we need to do a um an episode on that. Just terms that are canceled. Like mm-hmm. what the hell? Um but yeah, so that's unfortunate that it was just a trash song. But I hope, you know, kind of like Tiana Taylor, like, you know, she's made her way in uh, fashion. Like she's a, in my opinion, she's a good artist, but she didn't feel like she was getting the credit she deserved or like um, the respect she deserved in the industry when it came to music. And now she's like going the fashion route and and I, I love that for her. So I think, I just think that it's it, just like with anyone just tap into all types of different avenues. We have one life. Mm-hmm. Try something new every day. You never mm-hmm. know. You might be great at something you never tried. And that might be what, you know, takes you into a catapults you into a different career with some with some new money. For real. I agree. So next up is um <clears throat> so LA, okay. LA County is working on to return a multi-million dollar piece of beach land to the descendants of the original black owners it was taken from. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty lit. Like lit black lit. people, we are getting our coins and we are taking what we deserve. Starting from 2020 on up, well, we've been doing it, but like, you know, since the since the death of George Floyd, and I hate that it had to be that. I just feel like things have really been shifting for us. It ain't the best, but we're definitely like getting our coins yeah um definitely i i love it like literally there so what happened was there was this black couple that owned a resort on uh, that beach like Mm -hmm. a century ago like y'all this was like over a hundred years ago and now these descendants have gotten it to where they are trying to um get it back and like I, i it just I'm in like all that they have the county behind them doing this and like do you know I can't even imagine how that feels to like get back a piece of property that like your ancestors owned yeah and apparently this was like a huge um a huge place for um black people that used to go and vacation there and I'm sure it was probably one of the only safe places for black people to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to get back, sweetie, they finna come. Once they get that back, because I'm speaking into existence, that they gonna get this approved. They actually have to do a legislation for it, which is crazy. But um, apparently it's like a lifeguard center that is on their land. So that's why they can't just give it back. They have to do mm-hmm. all of that. But to imagine like you coming into your land but it ain't just like any land it's beach area all they need to do is go back to calling it bruce's um resort and it's gonna be popping it's gonna be popping all black people gonna want to go there like they finna mm-hmm. be they finna be multi-millionaires just off of getting their own land back and that's how it's supposed to go like black people owned land and did all this stuff so that one day their ancestors um, you know, years and years and years down the line can can have this generational wealth that, mm-hmm. you know, these opportunities that the same that white people had. And that's what it's all about, you know, full circle. So that's dope. Yeah. That made me smile. Very dope. So speaking of like other 
since we're already on this topic, Target also like set um, the oath to spend two billion dollars at black owned businesses by 2025 to advance race, racial equity, which is very great. I love me some Target, honey. And they do have a lot of black like businesses in their stores. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're spending it in different areas like marketing, of course, like products in their stores and things like that. So I don't know. Hopefully, you never know. Maybe one of maybe a product of mine will be in there one day. So yeah, they they're trying we'll to. Um, they also want to add more than five hundred black owned uh, businesses um, to like their net their network. So yeah, I just I love me some Target, honey. I might go in there and in my mind look to spend fifty dollars and end up spending two hundred. But to know that my money. Is going to black business. (laughs) That's what we need right there. You know, that's what you sell your accountant and uh yo, that's the rationale that you use in your mind when you're spending money at Target. Like, I'm supporting black businesses. (laughs) Exactly. So shout out to Target for that. Yes. Okay, so also um this week Soldier Boy went on one of his little rants per usual. Um and he currently right now he has the number one song on TikTok, um, and it went viral. And it's called "Make It." She make it clap or something like that. That's his and, song. Yeah, that's his song. So it went viral, and he received like five deals. Um, and he was just talking about how he the goat and how he created going viral. And, and I mean, the, the nigga not lying. He did. He a little off in the head, but he did create this. So and then added on to that, he just um, signed a deal with Virgin Records. So he did end up signing a deal. Um, so hopefully, you know, he continues to build himself and hopefully he kind of still do some of these rants because in the midst of that he also said um he made these rappers want to wear babes um you know bathing apes um and Jules Santana and Tory Lanez was just like like in the comments like boy please and then you know Soldier had to say something he was just like Tori, I'll knock your hairline off your head. And then (laughs) shortly right after that, he was like, okay, we just got the phone. We good now. So I don't know. I think. He also said Jamil Santana teeth was falling out. (laughs) Yeah, and it was. It was. That's what I'm saying. Soldier Boy is a mess, but he really don't be lying. He don't. (laughs) He don't. (laughs) So... He didn't have to choose violence like that. (laughs) He he really do choose violence. I mean, he's an interesting character. And I just hope one day he goes to therapy. Yes. Because he really had, since he he really is like, he really played a very big part on Black culture, especially shifting between like, you know, 90s rap and R&B to like 2000s rap and R&B. Like he definitely played a big role in that shift. Um, and he does deserve his flowers, but he also needs to get his shit together, like mentally. And I think he kind of allegedly does like some substance use. So hopefully he yeah, get all that. I still don't rock with him for how he was treating uh, Nia on. Yeah, and I, he definitely yeah. does have some a history of domestic violence, from my understanding. Um, but. I chose to be him today because he definitely did play an impact on the culture, which, but it is conflicting. And I think, but I do think like some of the things like, you know, allegedly him 
engaging in substance use and of course his childhood and stuff like that and trauma I do think that played a part in it just like with DMX because he did have some homophobic lyrics and he did have some you know some you know controversial things that he did back in the day and but I mean also looking at him he also was a victim of abuse so I just hope they get their help because we don't need anyone else turning out like R. Kelly out here because he he was a victim of abuse, but he just took it to the extreme to what he did. I just cannot give that nigga a pass. Um, but people like Soldier Boy and DMX, you can kind of give them a pass. But I hope Soldier Boy really gets the help that he he needs. Speaking of substance use, have you seen Lil Wayne lately? Girl, I literally was going to say um, that I was listening to a Lil Wayne song the other day, like my music was on shuffle. And I was like, I had to turn this off because, you know, he had a lot of homophobic stuff back then too. Like back then it was, I don't want to say it was okay, but it, it was, was more normalized. Yeah, it was, it was definitely normalized. And I was just like, damn, like, let me turn this off. Definitely dropping F-bombs and all that type of stuff. Well, not F-bomb because that's like the F-U-C-K, but I mean, y'all know the other F word definitely saying that throughout songs and stuff but yeah Lil Wayne is on that lean I don't girl allegedly but he looks terrible horrible like I mean he only has a few dreads in his <laughs> his eyes are sucked into the back of his scalp like he does not look well and I can only imagine I feel so bad for Regine because Imagine seeing your dad go through that. And she still stands for her dad. Like, she's just like, okay, he's still the GOAT. And he was the GOAT at a point in time, but that man needs to get some help. He's had a lot of overdoses, too. He has had a lot of close calls. Remember, he was having uh, seizures, like, mm-hmm. on shows because he was having seizures. Like, I just want people to understand the seriousness of these drugs because a lot of these rappers and a lot of people in uh, in pop culture make it seem like it's cool to do these drugs. But and it's not. It, it, it's not cool, but there, a lot of them, a lot of them, you can't just, a lot of them are gateway drugs in a way, because once you start on something and think that that's okay, you will try something else mm-hmm. or you'll try to try to magnify your experience by doubling up on it or, you know, and we we see, you see the effects. Like lean was something that was normalized back in the day. And look, Lil Wayne Dreads is leaning off his damn head. And so it's just, it's horrible to see the, yes. the yes. quote unquote go out like that. Yeah. So also speaking of these rappers, Kid Cudi, is that how you say his name? Kid Cudi? Mm-hmm. He was on SNL last night and then he wore a dress by um <laughs> Why are you Virgil. <laughs> he wore a dress. He made yeah, that nigga wore a dress. <laughs> he made a fashion statement, honey. And when I say it's a dress, it's like spaghetti strap long <laughs> with flowers. Like it's a dress. <laughs> like, and you know, I'm all here for people in their artistic expression, but the nigga definitely wore a dress. So it's definitely causing people to, you know, you know, it's bringing out the homophobia, let's say that. Or it's definitely bringing out that in the comments and people saying XYZ. I mean, I'm just like, do whatever you want to. But I am tired of these artists trying to make a political statement out of every fucking thing but i mean it is what it is do you think Cuddy? um yeah he has a history of substance abuse as well yeah he does or he was suicidal at one point one point right i'm sorry 
he was suicidal at one point right right like I remember it was a lot of celebrities like reaching out to him and trying to lift him up and um a lot of these people be going through a lot and I don't even know everybody go through a lot (laughs) yeah everybody go through a lot but I don't know if um because somebody was saying that this was like a tribute to someone but I don't know like I feel like a lot of these celebrities and people in the public I use substance to suppress what they have going on and not to say that you know Kid Cudi has feelings about his sexuality or anything like that but sometimes they do be overwhelmed with not being able to be themselves and not being able to mm-hmm. you know, express themselves. And like you said, people is tearing, you know, people tearing him up in the comments and stuff about it. But if you don't wear a dress, wear a dress. Yeah. Do I mean, it could have been a cuter dress, but it I mean, definitely could have been a cuter dress. That's my concern right there. <laughs> <laughs> like it could have been cuter. But going on to black excellence, um, Tyler Perry is releasing a prequel or sequel i think it's a prequel i think that's the correct one of um for medea which is called mabel which is basically going to follow medea's earlier life in atlanta when she was a young tenderoning which i think is cool i know people are tired of medea but like he tricked us he tricked us. He made us seem. He made it seem like he was done with Medea, and she'll occasionally come back. And no, he gonna chase the bag. <laughs> I know people are tired of Medea. So tired. But the thing is, he's creating a lot of opportunity and jobs for black people, like a lot. So I think that there are a lot I of it. there are a lot of um, projects that are really good there are a lot of black people that are you know writing really good movies shows etc and that you could put your time and effort into what they have yeah um, i think you do need to get better writers because he does brag about how he does most of the writing and that's kind of like the problem he needs to hire more hire more writers right um not even just hire more writers but what i'm saying is like there are already enough projects out there that are underfunded or like that will never see the light of day because nobody's picking them up so I think maybe he should focus on picking those up instead of like keep trying to pick up Medea because I want him to put her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure he's looking at it like honestly, Medea is a staple in the black community though. It's people that still watch it. I don't think he'll continue to make projects around it if people wasn't still watching it. I don't watch it, but yeah, it's people out there watching it. Yeah. Like so, I'm not bad at it. I just want I I just want something him. different. Oh, but yeah. even some of his other projects, like on BT, I just be like, okay, now Tyler, bring on some writers. We yeah. saw this coming. But <clears throat> again, he's still giving a lot of black people yeah, jobs, he- and he's creating. He's basically playing a big part in like black Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I will. But he does need to go into different projects like you said and find other black creatives and writers and directors and all that yeah what i will say is i, I do watch the haves and the have nots and i heard it's soap. good it's a soap opera um <laughs> and i won't say like the first season was trash like it was definitely like horrible acting but they're on like I don't know, like season 13 or something, girl. I don't, when I tell you, I have, I started from the beginning and watched all of it. Like I, it's, it's the show that I'm ashamed to say that I watch because <laughs> the only people I know that watch it are people's mamas and their grandmamas. <laughs> well, I heard it's good though still. So 
it is. I mean, it definitely, it, it definitely gives soap opera. It's definitely dramatic. Every episode, somebody always dying in a war. Is yeah, it's it's I'm definitely coming back to life or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we have for the media segment for today. Let's get into the main segment. All right. So main segment. So we are going to talk about dun, 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 how to find a therapist. And I feel like, do you get this question a lot and on like social um, media or like, I feel like a lot of people be DMing me asking for my therapist info. A lot of be, a lot of people ask me how to find a therapist and stuff. And I, and even after I made like, um, a little like mini ebook on how to find a therapist that's like you know free that people I always send people the link and they still will ask me and I'm like just read what I spelled out for you yeah I don't really get the question anymore I don't know if it's because I'm a therapist now or what but I really don't get the question anymore but I did or yeah, people probably, ask me like, do you? I know of any therapists or that I can send them and I'm just like I can't send no therapist to you because I don't know what your issues are I don't want to know what your issues are so don't get to venting in my my inbox and I say that because it's like Instagram and all these other platforms is not confidential so don't send me your business like for real um and you kind of have to interview therapists and figure out what therapist is going to be a best fit for you I can send you all the recommendations but they may not be a good fit for you Mm -hmm. so um yeah I don't get the question really like that anymore so I don't know a lot of people people want to know my therapist info which always makes me like a little it makes me feel like a little weird because not because like I don't want to share her info but it's like just because I'm having a good experience with my therapist doesn't mean that she's a good fit for you it doesn't mean I well I don't even think she's taking clients right now um or I think she has a waiting list but either way like I feel like that's the I don't want to say that's like an easy way out but it's like you it's just like um you need to really like you know, and we'll talk about this as we get into the main segment, but you really have to worry about like who is perfect for you and how you need to be, um, you know, taken care of versus like me, like, because it, just because it worked for me don't mean it's going to work for you. And I've been to people's therapists and I'd be like, that therapist was like trash for me. So, yeah. So you just got to figure out what works for you. But the first question is when it comes to like looking for a therapy, when do you know you're looking for a therapist? When do you know you're ready for a therapist? And I think the biggest sign is when you've got a lot going on, you can't talk about friends and family about what you got going on and you just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest sign to know when you're ready. But of course, you can also just go to therapy as a preventative too. Like you may not have, even have anything going on. You may just be ready to go to therapy because it's always going to be something to process. That's when you, I mean, you can go just in too. But when you really feel like you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's probably a good sign to go to therapy. Or even when you're just thinking about it, like maybe I should go to therapy. Maybe I should talk to a professional about this. Just go ahead and do it, sis. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's better to start off as preventative, in my opinion, because then you can really get to the meat and potatoes of a lot yeah. of people, um, versus like going when you're in crisis and going through mm-hmm. because you end up you end up spending like me. I started in January and and my 
we didn't get to the meat and potatoes of everything until March or like the end of March because I was kind of in crisis and like talking about a lot of different crises in my life. Mm-hmm. So it was more so me navigating through what I'm going through right now versus being able to like get to the root of different things. And now we're getting to the root, which is like, it feels great to like not be in crisis and just do the work and heal from things mm-hmm. that, you know, that have needed to be healed from for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely echo that. Do not. I mean, if you do go in crisis, there's nothing wrong with, it, with that, but it's better to go when you you're not. So you can really focus on just like processing like things that maybe, you know, the deep rooted issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So the next step to that, before you even get to looking, you need to determine like, how are you going to pay for it? Like, you know, you need to determine, am I going to use my insurance or am I going to pay out of pocket, which is considered private pay? Um, so if you decide you're going to use your insurance, if you have insurance, the first thing that you need to do is call your insurance company and check your benefits. And this is really important to do because some people tend to, I get a lot of people that's looking for a therapist and they think I'm in network with them. And just because... I'm in network with Blue Cross Blue Shield doesn't mean I'm in network with all the plans under Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm-hmm. They have like, I don't know, insurance is weird. You, They do dumb shit. I'm going to be honest with you. Insurance is dumb. It's like, I, why you let me get in contract with you if I'm not going to be in contract with all the plans? So um, that's one thing. Um, but then also with insurance, you want to check your mental health benefits because you may have a deductible to reach before they even start paying for your therapy sessions. Some people have like $5,000 deductibles. Granted, what you pay towards therapy, if you do have a deductible, will go towards, I mean, will go towards your deductible. But still, like you still will have to technically come out of pocket until you reach your deductible. And you also want to check because you want to make sure you want to you want to see if you have a copay. So some people, their insurance may pay like 80 percent and you have to pay the additional 20 percent. So you want to double check that. So you just want to get you don't want to get caught off guard with any like um find any charges or anything so it's best to call your insurance first and Mm -hmm. I even check to see I even suggest checking to see like who's in network with you like what therapists are in network with you um sometimes insurance companies will actually send you like they'll actually email you like a list of all the therapists in network with you um or you they may have an app like Blue Cross Blue Shield where you can like type in the therapist's name and see if they're in network with you and it'll come up but it's very important for you to check that some therapists will run your benefits for you but I'm gonna let everybody know I'm not that therapist because that takes a lot of time mm-hmm. me seeing clients me calling insurance companies and plus it's easier for you to get through to your insurance company than me they make it very hard for providers to get through to insurance companies so I always put that responsibility back on the client and that shows me how serious they are about therapy if they actually call their um, insurance company and it takes like probably like 20 minutes so yeah. Yeah, and this is it's definitely one of the steps, you know, it's an important step. You do not want to skip this before starting therapy because it can be very discouraging once you find a therapist that you like. And then at the end, of, you know, then they tell you, okay, my fee is 
150 and then you mm-hmm. think like oh i'm in network with them but then they have to come back and like tell you like you're not a network you owe me 150 dollars for the last session and every session moving forward gonna be 150 like that's that's that'll be discouraging for you mm-hmm. it'll be you know it'll make you turn off from therapy so in order to avoid all that you have to do the work before you get started so that way you know we are all in different um financial situations i personally um the way that I go through paying for my insurance is through my HSA, which is a health savings account. So a lot of Mm -hmm. jobs allow you to contribute every check um, to like a portion of your check to your health savings account. Mm -hmm. And that's how I pay for it because my health insurance plan, I have a very high deductible and like, I would have to go to therapy. I don't even think if I went to therapy every week, I would reach my deductible for the year. So, um, yeah, I just contribute to my HSA and then I have it on auto pay through my HSA card. Yeah, that's important too. That's definitely, I, that's, I'm glad you brought that up, but H- health savings account card, you check with your job if you have those benefits, um, or if you can opt in getting those benefits. Cause I have a clients that pay that way too. Um, and if you are going, so that's one option if you're going to pay privately, if, you're op, if your job offers that. Um, but also if you're going to pay out of pocket, private paying, it's important to determine a budget. So to be realistic, like the, the price for therapy depend, it changes in different areas, in different states and all that. For Dallas, the price for therapy runs between $100 and $150. So... And this is one of the questions that I have, like when I do like book consultations, I ask them, what are their budgets? And if they're private pay and they only want to pay $100, I'm not going to fit in your budget. Um, so I would say, honestly, if you're going to at least going to try to go bi-weekly, don't try to go once a month because that's not going to help you. And it's not going to help the therapist. Right. Don't try to go once a month, at least go bi-weekly. I'm going to recommend at least going every week, at least for the first three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do decide to go bi-weekly, you need to budget at least $300 a month, $300 to $400 a month for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And like, like, hmm? I was going to say, and that's where it comes in handy with the, uh, the health savings account, because that money, like I have it set up, you can only attribute, um, contribute a certain amount a year to your health savings account. So mm-hmm. I just opted into that and it automatically comes out of my check. I don't see that money. Um, and it goes into that account. And I just like that. Cause it sounds like a lot. I mean, realistically, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a car note, you know, three to $400 yeah. a month. That's a car note. And that can be such a turnoff from going to therapy. But at the end of the day, like what's more important, do you want to still go through the um, deal with the trauma on a, you know, a being triggered, not knowing how to handle things, or do you want to heal mm-hmm. from things so that way you can have, you know, a better quality of life. So if you are really serious about it, you will find the money and make a way. And yeah. I was not excited about, um paying my therapist every week because I do go every week because like Devin you know suggested the first three months is best to go every week so that way you get your crisis situations out the way Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can get to the meat and potatoes of it but um but yeah like me having that card like it's like I don't even I don't even see the exchange of money it's on auto pay I know that my I know my job is taking out my check and I know that my therapist is charging that card so I just go to therapy and be able to you know, just live life without worry. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, so definitely determine the budget. If you if you're like, okay, I can only pay like one hundred fifty dollars, uh, two hundred for therapy, then it is a couple of ta- platforms that's um, afford where you can get affordable therapy. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say. <laughs> 
disclaimer. Um, the quality of therapy may not be as good as if you just went to a therapist and paid like their actual fee, or if you went to a therapist that accepts your insurance. Mm-hmm. It may not be as good if you use these platforms. I'm not turning y'all away from them, because you can still get like the help that you need. But a lot of these therapists that's on these platforms, they're they have a big caseload, they're overworked. So, you know, they may be experiencing some burnout or you know, you just never know. But from my, from what I hear, like, it's not, most people have good experiences with finding therapists on these platforms, but some people, a lot of people don't. Um, so these platforms are better help or Talkspace. And I'm sure some other ones out there like that. Um, Talkspace. I was going to say openpathcollective.org. Oh yeah. Open Path Collective too. Talkspace. I think that's more like a texting app. Like you can text your therapist throughout the day. Better help. That's one where I think they provide therapy on a sliding scale between $50 to $75. And so is Open Path. And also keep in mind, some therapists in your area may provide therapy on the sliding scale basis, but they may only have like maybe two to five spaces on their caseload where they can do that. So it is worth asking a therapist, do they provide sliding scale options? Um, Because they may do, may Maybe it's full. I don't know, but it may be worth asking. But if you are on a budget, ask the therapist about sliding skill options and also explore these other options. But, you know, yeah. I was going to um, share really quickly my experience with Open Path, Open Path Collective. Org. Um, I used them when I was unemployed and I was just going through a lot um, a few years ago. And their sliding scale is like $30 to... I want to say like 60 or something like that. And Mm -hmm. y'all, that was where I found my first therapist. And um, I don't use her anymore, but I like really loved her. And, you know, all of these, um, uh, and that that website works on the honor system. So like, it's basically saying, if you are saying that you can only afford X amount, like it's basically going to believe you and give you therapists that um, Mm -hmm. charge that amount. Um, so, oh, you know, don't go to this. If you can afford therapy, you know, don't take away spots away from people who are unemployed or, you know, have low income and cannot afford it mm-hmm. and need somebody. But, you know, like Devin was saying, it could be hit or miss. You know, you may find a good therapist, you may not. But at the end of the day, if you're going through a crisis and you need a therapist, um, you know, and you need help, then it's better to get some form of help than to just sit there and try to deal with what you're going through yourself because that, that can be, you know, very damaging. You, you can do more damage to yourself in those capacities trying to cope with what you have going on and then have more to heal from later versus like just going ahead and getting that help that you need. Yeah. So along with, so if you are going to go the route of like using your insurance or you do have like um, a higher budget as far as like what you can spend on therapy, there are other platforms you can use to find therapists. And one is Psychology Today and Therapy for Black Girls. And how you use that is um, you put in like your location and then you put in your insurance or you put that you're going to private pay and then you find therapists within your network or like it'll pull up like therapists. And um, Therapy for Black Girls, most of the providers on there are black but psychology today it requires therapists to put up like a picture so you'll see if the therapist is black or not Mm -hmm. so going from there if you pull up like the therapist um just 
basically read their bios. If their bio resonate with you, keep going. Um, look up their therapy approaches and their specializations. And just if you're unsure what their therapy approaches and specializations mean, because we do tend to use clinical um, words in our bios and stuff, just Google it and Google will break it down for you. Yeah. Um, so but due to that, I, I do want to go over some of the common therapy approaches that you may see um, online or in these bios. The most common one you'll probably see is um, CBT, which is also known as cognitive behavioral therapy. And this is just really based on like the thoughts, um, because our thoughts tend to influence our emotions and our behaviors. Um, so naturally, as humans, we tend to have just like a negative thought process. So CBT helps you restructure your thought process. So in return, you'll have better emotions. Um, and then also better behavioral responses. Mm -hmm. So that's what CBT is. Excuse me. And then DBT is dialectic behavioral therapy. And that's more so around emotional regulation and processing your emotions and, and expressing your emotions. So th that type of approach includes like tools and skills that will teach you how to do that. And then there's also um, person-centered, which is just really just a fancy word for just saying like the treatment is centered around the client, which of course, um, so the therapist will pull from different uh, modalities to figure out what would be best for the client. So it just depends on what your issues are. Are you struggling with negative thoughts? Are you struggling with emotional regulation? They may use a combination of both of them of CBT and DBT. And then lastly, what's also been like becoming way more popular now, because, you know, in general, everybody has trauma, um, especially the black community. We tend to have more trauma than, you know, any other ethnicity is EMDR and brain spotting. And me and Desiree have talked about this before. EMDR is short for eye movement desensitization reprocessing and brain spotting is, um, kind of like the same thing. So EMDR is kind of like a longer version of reprocessing, reprocessing your traumas and brain spotting is more so of the shorter version. So when you think about when you experience trauma, so basically all of our, um, our behaviors are based on not only our thinking and our emotions, but our thinking, our emotions, and our behaviors are all based on like our past life experiences. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing regular talk therapy, it just hits that frontal lobe. And with that frontal lobe, that's where you have your emotions, that's where you have your decision making and all that. But when it comes to trauma, trauma affects our amygdala, which is our space in our center in our brain, where it's our fight or flight or freeze response and our hippocampus. I always mispronounce that. So I always call it hippopotamus. So <laughs> please excuse me. I'm definitely going to call it hippopotamus because that's just what I do. But anyways, our hippopotamus is just basically our area in our brain that holds those experience, our memories, memories and all that. Mm -hmm. So how it works is if you see something, if your brain sees something and they're like, oh, we've been here before. Last time we dealt with this type of situation, it caused a lot of emotional pain. And then they send a signal to the amygdala and then the amygdala is like, oh, no, um, um, freeze, flight, 
all that. Like then it triggers anxiety. And then they communicate with our frontal lobe. This makes us make bad decisions. It triggers our emotions and all that. So like I said, regular talk therapy doesn't hit that part. It eventually gets to that part of the brain, but it takes a very long time. And EMDR and brain spotting gets to that part of that brain quicker. So it taps into our subconscious and our unconscious. And once it does that, it's easiest, easier for us to reprocess those traumas. So once you reprocess those traumas, eventually your um, behavioral responses will change and your emotional responses will change when triggers come up. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's how it works. Yeah. I hope I explained that <laughs> where it made sense. Yeah. And um <clears throat> So I've been, my therapist um, does specialize in brain spotting. And y'all, when I tell you that stuff works, like I didn't go through a lot of, my first therapist, it was talk therapy, um, but I wanted to get into something that would be more healing or <clears throat> kind of work faster for me. Not because, and you, it's not necessarily to like hurry up and heal, but sometimes you just have things that you just want to heal and, and be able to move on from so that way you can mm-hmm. focus on other things. Um, so yeah, with brain spotting, y'all, when I tell y'all, I have done brain spotting work around certain things and we do the brain spotting activity and I don't even like, it's gone after that. It is crazy. And that's not always the case. Like, you know, sometimes you have to work through certain traumas more than other ones, but I've had like thought processes of mine just completely disappear and me being able to like debunk my own thoughts um, to where I realize like, okay, that's not true. I tell myself this X, Y, Z, um, but it's not true. And here's why it's not true because I was able to go and tap into my unconscious mm-hmm. and be able to figure out where it came from and debunk it. And it's, it's actually like super, super yeah. dope. And it also helps you, it, it like provide like brain spotting EMDR. It makes you provide your brain, provide if like evidence, if these negative core beliefs that you have are true, but then it also, it's a part where you create like different um, memories and experience. So your brain doesn't have to go off that one traumatic experience. Um, so yeah, so that's why when people see like when they they see things like that's not dangerous as dangerous. Like they may get involved into a new relationship and then their brain is telling them like, Oh, this should be, this is dangerous. Da, da, da. Um, so it's just responding to that trauma. So you just basically have to give your brain different experiences so it can go off of different um, memories and stuff. So it doesn't necessarily always have to activate your amygdala. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the pretty much the most common approaches now. Um, so after you read the approaches and you see that if that fits like your needs, um, pick two or three um, therapists and contact all of them for consultation because especially considering now a lot of therapists have wait lists and all that. Um, and if they are accepting um, clients, set the consultation, talk to them, get a feel. Then after that, um, if you feel like there'll be a good fit, just set an appointment. And then I'm going to reiterate, if you're using your insurance, double check your benefits, double check to see if they are in network with you. Just to double check, it won't hurt to double check. Mm -hmm. So that's just really the process, honestly. Um, 
Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. It's not as hard as what, as what people think it is. Yeah. So it's yeah. like literally so easy to do. Like when you go to, I, I love personally, I love psychology today because of the amount of filters they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can literally decide if you want a male or a female therapist. Um, if you are struggling with like life transitions or like, you know, like you could pick the focus on, on what you want your therapist to focus on you put in your zip code so it can you know show you who's in your zip code um mm-hmm. like it's there's so many filters on it um that it just like you literally get to fine tune and like windle down to exactly who you need to look at versus like just having like to sift through pages and yeah. pages of therapists yeah so yeah that's basically how you find a therapist and I hope this is helpful for y'all So next, we're going to get into our asking for a friend question. So, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so for this asking for a question, we have one question, uh, which is basically short and sweet. Um, And this person said, um, basically, they just moved into a new town. And they're just wondering how to make new friends as an adult. And (laughs) which is a very valid question, because it's hard making friends as an adult. And finding your tribe, I will say it's difficult and it takes some time because it took me a little time to find my tribe and find people that friends I can actually depend on. And my advice in that area would be basically joining um, some type of community or like different types of communities. So for you, so for some people that may be like getting more involved in church. For some people that may be um, joining a gym that has like a group fitness gym that has like, you know, stuff like that. Um, For some people that may be, you know, attending like some events like um, brunch events or networking events. Um, Or you can even try like things like Bumble BFF. I've heard people like meeting. No, actually, Monica, um, I was in her wedding, but one of her one of the bridesmaids was somebody she met on Bumble BFF. So they ended up developing a really good friendship. Yeah. So those are going to be my suggestions. Do you have any suggestions for them? Um, so this question, I was laughing because I actually had in the last couple of weeks, I've had like two friend dates, like with new people mm-hmm. that have uh, befriended me. And so just quickly, I'll tell you how I met them. One girl, I was out to eat with one of my friends and she was um, seated next to us with her boyfriend like mm-hmm. at a table next to us. And I just like casually complimented her and was like, oh, like, I love your, I don't, I forget, I, maybe I said, I love your bag or I love your shoes. And then that made us all kind of like have conversation and uh, we end up exchanging information. And then we went on like a friend date and we hit it off. We actually, our birthdays are a day apart. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. So like, you know, something like that. Um, and then the other one w- is actually a friend of a friend. So like I met her at one of my friend's birthday um gatherings and we went on like a doggy date together because we both had dogs and um we we did it off like we have a a good amount of things in common but we also have like differences and it makes for like that was a friend that I was telling y'all I had a deep conversation with last night um about you know substance use um so yeah like 
I just think that is, you know, putting yourself out there, being friendly, being approachable. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't hurt to compliment another woman or like, you know, just like, I don't know, I get really sociable when I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy for me to like meet people. Shoot, I was in Zara the other day and two people approached me, asked me uh, for an opinion on clothing. And one girl, we yeah. ended up exchanging Instagram. So it's just Real about- easy. Yeah. Like, like you said, like just going to like bars. Mm-hmm. Like even like putting your not even bars, but just like when you go out to eat or something, just kind of put yourself out there, be friendly, um, compliment them, be like, hey, do you have Instagram stuff like that? Or even if you are on social media and if you see somebody that's in your area and you're just like, oh, she seems like she would be cool to hang out with, shoot your shot, sis. Be like, hey, I'm new in this area and I'm just really looking for new people to ha- hang out with and friends, and just go from there. Like that's literally yeah. how me and Desiree met. I don't even yeah. know the first time we hung out, honestly. I know the first time we ran into each other was like a day party, but the first time that we hung out one-on-one, I don't really know. I don't remember. But yeah, like like Devin said, shoot your shot in people's DMs. Like you could always be like, hey, like I was going to try this um, restaurant. I know that you are really into brunch. Like, do you want to like go with me? Like it may seem mm-hmm. like weird at first, but if you want to really not. Mm-hmm. that's what you got to do. And you never know. Like it, you might laugh at somebody's memes all day long. And like, just, you know, send a reaction to them. Be like, girl, we have so much in common. Like, let's go to, let's do brunch one day. Like, literally mm-hmm. to put yourself out there and, and gain friends. The only thing I will say is if you are meeting somebody through another friend, um, make sure you have like a healthy boundary where y'all don't talk about the friend that y'all met through. Because yeah. sometimes it can be, you know, it can easily turn negative <laughs> in those mm-hmm. type of situations where, you know, some people do get jealous, like, oh, you still my friends, or, you know, they may think yeah. that y'all are, you know, talking about them or something like that. I have a rule where I, if I'm kicking it with one of your friends, we do not talk about you at all, period. Like, just because I've had, like, negative experiences with that. So, yeah, um, yeah that's, the, that's the only thing that you have to worry about with meeting, like, mutual friends. But shoot, if y'all have enough in common, like, y'all not going to be talking about you know the mutual friend anyway because y'all have enough to talk about so yeah i agree so yeah so just shoot your shot if you feel like you have a lot of anxiety around that of course we're always going to recommend going to therapy i do have people clients that struggle with like making friends and having a lot of anxiety around it and that's typically rooted in some core belief or an experience where they did get rejected by a friend so it's important to go to therapy and talk about that and have your therapy kind of therapist walk you through like making friends so yeah yeah and understand that like as as uh, adults like it's a forever just like relationships don't work out friendships don't work out and it doesn't have to be messy or negative mm-hmm. or anything like that you just you just sometimes rotate friends and like mm-hmm. I know over the years I just have looked up and like I have more newer friends than I have you know mm-hmm. long-term friends and that I know like there's means about that like oh if you have like a friend since second grade you a real one and it's like it don't really matter like people grow like and you have different outlooks on life I have a lot of friends right now that are therapists and counselors because that's where I'm at in my life yeah. um so yeah, so you know, just do what you gotta do to make friends, or just be in your house all year. What I you agree. want is which what you gonna do? I agree. So yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, so of course, like always, subscribe to us, leave us good ratings. 
Um, follow us on all our social media, Instagram, self-care gang, self-care.gang. Um, and me and Desiree sent from Devin on all platforms. It's Desi Cates on all platforms. And on Twitter, we're self-care gang pod. And then also on um, Facebook, just um, search us self-care gang. You'll be able to find us and, you know, just interact with our content um, and, you know, become our besties online too. So yeah, thank y'all for tuning in today and we will talk to y'all next week.